Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hour number three, the Pete Callender Show. I am the Pete. This is the show. The phone numbers are 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. We've been going over the Twitter files uh, that were released on Friday, uh, so feel free to weigh in on that. Also, um, there is a connection here to the Moore County power outages that occurred over the weekend due to vandalism, quote-unquote. Basically, somebody shot up a couple of substations in Moore County. So what's the similarity? I will not make you wait for that, even though, you know, a true radio professional would just tease their, uh, the connection and then make you wait through multiple breaks for like 40 minutes and then pay it off at the end. I will not do that to you because I know you might be on a lunch break or something and you don't have time. So, but you could get the podcast. I just would point out, just get the podcast, WBT.com. And then anyway, here's the connection. Narrative crafting. The same thing that we saw occur at the national level with the amplification of certain storylines by media, right? The, the amplification of a narrative that then calcifies, it hardens in the minds of the public. So much of this occurs, you see it all the time, like after the mass shootings, right? Is there, by the way, like what of the last two mass shootings? The one at the Walmart, right? And then the one by the non-binary guy, they kind of just went away. Why is that? Why no national conversation on the guns and stuff? Why no national conversation on uh, domestic terrorism? Oh, no, we can have a conversation about domestic terrorism about more county see. That's where this is. That's where this is going. Because some people went on to Twitter and claimed that they knew who was responsible for taking out the power at these Duke Energy substations, which, by the way, let me just take a moment here and uh, make a point that I have been making uh, for, I guess, now 15 years almost. Can we please harden the energy system? Please, for the love of me, can we please harden the grid? Okay, so uh, in the immediate aftermath of the power going out and them determining that somebody shot the substations, news spread among left-wing Twitter as to who was responsible. There was a, an LGBTQ plus T, uh, 2IA, I think I got them all, maybe, whatever. Uh, there's an activist by the name of Charlotte Clymer, I think, and they saw a comment from a woman in Moore County, and this woman in Moore County has been super, super organized and opposed to the drag queen performances, and she posted on Facebook. Her name is Emily Grace Rainey. She's an outspoken opponent of the drag show, which was going to be at some place called uh, the Sunrise Theater in downtown Southern Pines. Right? They were going to have a drag show. And from my understanding, they were going to do it. Uh, it was going to be open for, for it was a family-friendly strip drag. Oh, sorry, family-friendly uh, drag show. So bring the kids and let them see... Uh, the the gender-bending, non-conformists gyrating and shaking their fangs uh, for your six-year-old, right? Because that's 
That's what being a progressive parent is all about. Expose your children to all of the sexual innuendo. Or else you lose points on the progressive social credit score. So, um, Emily Grace Rainey, she's been a critic of these drag shows. And um, on her Facebook page, she posted an invitation to the protest that they were going to have at the theater. After the lights went out, Rainey, who became known in Moore County during the pandemic for her opposition to mask mandates... So she obviously was trying to kill a whole bunch of people, right? The She posted on Facebook, so they're like, hey, come on down, we're going to protest. And then the lights go out, and then she goes back onto the Facebook, and she says, the power is out in Moore County, and I know why. Oh. Yeah. That is then taken as proof that she's involved. So now it becomes branded as a right-wing terrorist attack to shut down a drag show. Later, she posted that the Moore County Sheriff's Office had come to her house to ask about the outage. She says, I welcome them into my home. She organized a group of Moore County residents to travel to Washington on January 6th, 2021 as well. So she was at J6. There you go. Quote, sorry they wasted their time. I told them that God works in mysterious ways and is responsible for the outage. <laughs> that was... Oh, my gosh. That, that's what she meant on the Facebook post when she said, the power is out in Moore County and I know why. God did it. Hey, it works in mysterious ways. I used the opportunity to tell them about the immoral drag show and the blasphemies screamed by its supporters. She said, I told them God is chastising Moore County. I thank them for coming. I wish them a good night and thankful for the law enforcement officer's service, as always. See, so her post saying, the power is out and I know why, that prompts this amplification among leftist activists, which then get treated as truth by reporters, because that's what happened next. That's the cycle. You have this claim. Reporters then see it because these are the, you know, these are the bubbles in which they exist. They have, they have curated a Twitter feed that gives them the information from people that they know and like and, and agree with, right? And so here they are. Swimming in this ocean of leftist trans activism, and uh, and they see, oh, they 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 have a connection. We've made a connection. We're on the case. Super sleuth in Charlotte Climber. She's gotten to the bottom of it. When actually, no. Emily Grace Rainey says the power is out because the Lord works in mysterious ways. She told them God is chastising Moore County. No, she she didn't shoot the substation. She didn't organize an attack on the substation or on either of them. There were two of them. Now, I've also heard a report. I don't know if this is confirmed yet or not, but I did hear a report as well that that there were gun shops that were robbed during the power outage, which is now they've put in place a curfew, right? So is it possible that that might be the reason? Now, here's the thing. I don't know. I don't know why somebody shot the substation. 
But for Pete's, for my sake, can we please harden the grid? Can we please make them a little bit harder to take out an entire city's power in the middle of December? How about that? Yeah, maybe? I mean, I don't know how to do that. How about, oh, how about uh, like a force field? I'm thinking a force field. Like a force field that's a Faraday cage. So it serves two purposes. So it'll block the EMP and uh, it'll block the bullets. I'm just spitballing here. And as I always say, there's no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. We're all about solutions here. So I think that might work. I don't know how you get the power lines to go through the force field, though. That's a, that would be an engineering question for sure. Well, that and the whole creation of the force field first. But once you do that, I think the engineering to get the lines to go through the force field, I think that would be secondary. I think you'd be able to do that pretty easily. Um, so there's that. Also, as long as we're just, you know, making up ex- uh, explanations for why the, uh, why the place got shot up, I would submit, here's another one. Maybe uh, they, were, uh, they were Democrats. Democrats shot up the substation. Why would they do that? Because uh, Richard Hudson, the congressman, had just moved to Southern Pines. So maybe they were mad at him. As long as we're just making up excuses, making up explanations here, why not? Right, that could be it. But see, the, the, the right doesn't get, they don't get the, uh, the amplification services provided by media. Media put, I mean, they, they, they did this entire write-up on the drag show. A huge write-up on the drag show. Which apparently the protesting forced the organizers of the drag show to, uh, to make it adults only. Which I think, is, I think that's proper. Look, if you're an adult and you want to go watch adults, uh, you know, strip down and dance and wear, you know, gender-bending outfits and stuff. If you want to do all of that and you're an adult, you're an adult. I'm a live-and-let-live kind of guy. But there are content age restriction ratings that we put on movies and and um, and video games, and we do that for a reason. And I'm sorry, but your industry is is no different. You get content warning labels for that stuff too. I'm sorry, you may think it's not fair. Pound sand. I don't care, unless you want to just strip away all of the rating systems altogether. All right, let's get the kids watching the you know the rated X and the rated R movies and the NC-17s too, right? Playing more Call of Duty at age four, is that, that kind of stuff, right? What could go wrong? Widespread power outages caused by vandalism of electrical substations in Moore County continued on Sunday with electricity shut off to nearly all residences and businesses and estimates for restoration of power stretching possibly into Thursday, according to officials. The outages are the result of intentional damage by firearms to two substations in the county, according to Moore County and Duke Energy officials. Uh, Moore County Sheriff Ronnie Fields, who at a Sunday afternoon press conference called the perpetrators cowards, announced a Sunday curfew from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. The curfew is part of a countywide state of emergency proclamation that went into effect yesterday. Quote, no group has stepped up to acknowledge or accept that they're the ones who have done it, so I call them cowards. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, I understand. You're mad at them, I'm mad at them. Um, but I don't know. I think, 
I mean, is it cowardly or is it like not wanting to get caught? <laughs> right? I don't know. Because if they were, if it's connected to the to the uh, the stealing of all the guns, and again, I don't know if that's actually if that actually occurred. I know there was an accident. It hurt four people, and that's totally like, they find. If they find who did this, and I got to think there are going to be, you know, people with the ring doorbell cam, they're going to, people are going to have video, I got to believe, of something suspicious in today's, in today's world. Uh, Let me go over here to John. Hello, John. Welcome to the show. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, I'm all right, man. What's up? I got a theory. Uh Uh-oh. I don't believe in all these right-wing theories. How about it's something as simple as seeing that was two different power plants that were shot. Yeah. And whoever did it knew what they were doing. Maybe it was a disgruntled employee. Yeah, could be. Could absolutely be. I mean, it, you're we're, right now, without any information, right, we're trying to apply um, rational reasons and motives without any information. We're trying to apply rationality to a situation that, None of us would rationally do. So that we are limited by our rationality. So yeah, I, I think that's a that is a that's probably the most plausible explanation. There you go. Yeah. I think so. John, I appreciate it. Have yeah. a good one. All right, man, you too. Now, I mean that's one way to go, John's way to go. Another way to go is uh what Ray suggested. And like in today's day and age, I feel like this is probably an easier sell. He says, I feel like we should just jump to more conclusions before any more facts become known. We should be ready to be frightened of assumed motives based on our biases. I think that's, I think that is the way to handle this, actually. Um, The sheriff says Saturday's attack was targeted and that the persons who did this knew exactly what they were doing. Field said that considering state and federal involvement and the millions of dollars of damage done to Duke Energy property, the charges will have more teeth, more bite, will be more extensive. Field said that state and federal investigators are looking into protesters of a Saturday drag queen show at Sunrise Theater in downtown Southern Pines, but that so far they have not been able to make that connection. But of course, that doesn't matter to you know media and, and Democrats, but I repeat myself, and activists, it didn't matter. The only thing that matters is the narrative. Right, capital T, capital N, the narrative. You got a race to set it and make sure that that becomes the narrative that everybody remembers going forward. And it plays into this whole stochastic terrorism. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. It's a brand new word. Stochastic, 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 stochastic terrorism. Have you, You've heard this, right? This is the new term du jour for folks on the left. It's the way they want to connect things that you say with any kind of violence anywhere. And and the reason they want to make that connection is not that there is a connection, but that they want you to shut up. Again, that's always at the core of all their arguments is for you to shut up. So uh, Christopher Rufo at City Journal, he said, I browsed the news recently only to discover that according to a popular science magazine, I was responsible for the attempted murder of Paul Pelosi. In an opinion piece for Scientific American, writer Brian Nelson, or Bryn Nelson, uh, insinuated that my factual reporting on Drag Queen Story Hour was an example of stochastic terrorism, which he defines as ideologically driven hate speech that increases the likelihood of unpredictable acts of violence. 
ideological driven hate speech that increases the likelihood of unpredictable acts of violence. There's three weasel words there. Increases the likelihood unpredictable. On the night of the attack, Nelson argued, I had appeared on Tucker Carlson to discuss my reporting. And hours later, the alleged attacker, David DePape, uh, DePape, DePape, radicalized by QAnon conspiracy theories about Democratic Satan-worshipping pedophiles, broke into the Pelosi residence and attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer. Those were quotes from the Scientific American article. Rufo says this is a bizarre claim for a magazine supposedly dedicated to science. Hardly meets a, a scientific standard of cause and effect. There's no evidence that DePapey watched or was motivated by Tucker Carlson's program. Moreover, nothing in my reporting on Drag Queen Story Hour encourages violence or mentions Nancy Pelosi or QAnon or Satan-worshipping pedophiles. My appearance on Tucker Carlson and DePapey's attack against Paul Pelosi are, in reality, two unrelated incidents in a large and complex universe. And Nelson, a microbiologist specializing in human excrement, is full of just that. Oh, bam. But Nelson isn't trying to, provo- uh, to prove anything in a scientific sense. Under the concept of stochastic terrorism, logic, evidence, and causality, those are all irrelevant. Any incident of violence can be politicized and attributed to any ideological opponent, regardless of fact. Well, actually, it only goes one way. It's only, it, right. Right, yeah, see, in practice... Left-wing media and activists and officials, they apply the stochastic terrorism designation only in one direction, and that's rightward. It, it never goes the other direction, like the crisis pregnancy centers, or the churches that are attacked, none of that. And that. That's not stochastic terrorism. How does this scheme work? Well, it works in a, in a pretty standard chronology. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hey, do you want to feel the magic of the holidays? You can do it from Christmas Tree Lane to the Snowtastic Winter Wonderland. You can learn to play hockey, get into tournaments, figure skating, tons more. That's all on the outdoor uh, ice skating rink or hockey rink. You can also sled on down the 150-foot snow tubing hill. It is all at the ball field. It's all at Truist Field in Uptown Charlotte. Now, through January 6th, it is Light the Nights Festival. There's ice skating, as I mentioned. There's snow tubing. They got a light show. They have live entertainment. They got holiday treats. They got Christmas trees. They got shopping. They got Santa. Kind of buried the lead there. Santa's going to be there. Go check it out. Light the Nights Festival. Now through the 6th at Truist Field in Uptown Charlotte. So here's a good example. Our old pal Thomas Mills who writes politicsnc.com, and he is a Democratic con- uh, campaign consultant, former candidate in North Carolina, and he sends out a tweet about his, uh, about his blog post here, and I did not read it, but he sends out a tweet that says, We don't know who shot up the substation in Moore County yet, but Republican sympathizers are a pretty good bet. There you go. That's all you need. It's just speculation. Now, what if Thomas Mills is wrong? What if Thomas is wrong? Does he write a big post about, oh, man, I totally got that one wrong. Let me explore my biases and why I would think such a terrible thing about people just based on a political ideology. No, no, no. You're not going to get anything like that. This is why when you start when you start carving out the 
speculative journalism, when you start rejecting that, I've been making a conscious effort at uh, at ignoring speculative pieces. If you listen to the stories I bring you, I, I've, I've been chopping this stuff out because it's it's a very little value, a very little value. And I don't make predictions. I try not to make any. Sometimes it happens just because you get so used to that. People talk like this all the time now. Once I started realizing it, I can't not hear it and can't I can't unsee it. So I try not to deal in that, the speculative stuff, because I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I didn't have someone shooting up two substations in Moore County on my bingo card for 2022. Um, but this is a good example of the stochastic terrorism model. This is how the left uses any incident of their choosing to turn it into an attack on their political opponents to get them to shut up. That's the point. Shut up. I do not want to have to deal with your argument. I don't want to have to deal with the, the ins and outs and minutia and detail of what it is you're debating. And so just shut up. You're a terrorist. It follows much the same pattern as the shut up, you're a racist, sh- uh, shut up, you're a homophobe, shut up, you're an Islamist, or not Islamist. No, 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 those are the ones. Those are the ones that try to kill people. The, uh, no, the, the uh, you're Islamophobe, right? The scheme works like this. Left-wing media, activists, and officials designate a subject of discourse. Right now, it's drag queen story hour. That's off limits. But I'm old enough to remember there was a time when you couldn't criticize Islam. Shortly after 9-11. And all of a sudden, we went into this hyper-hall monitor mode where any kind of discussion about Islam, I mean, if Twitter was around back then, they'd have been banning people left and right. So step one is you say this topic is essentially off-limits. They treat any reporting on that subject as an expression of hate speech. And then finally, if an incident of violence emerges that's related even tangentially to that subject, they assign guilt to their political opponents and call for the suppression of speech. We're seeing that play out right now with the Moore County attack. And look, it might turn out to be a proud boy or oath keeper or disgruntled um, Duke worker. That's the first place I would go. Check out. Check out the employment rolls and find out, did anybody get fired from Duke Energy recently? Or maybe it's a contractor. Maybe it's somebody who wants to sell Duke Energy its replacement parts in in sort of a wacky, honeymooners-esque kind of uh, scheme that went terribly wrong. The statistical concept of stochasticity which means randomly determined, this functions as a catch-all. The activists don't have to prove one thing caused another. They simply assert it with a sophisticated turn of phrase and a vague appeal to probability. Right? The actual principle, the standard is incitement constitutes the crime, not opinion. It's the incitement. And in recent years, the left has not only monopolized the concept of stochastic terrorism, but it's also built a growing apparatus for enforcing it. They suppressed parents who opposed critical race theory. They censored, they investigated, they prosecuted journalists who questioned radical gender theory. 
The obvious goal is to suppress speech and intimidate political opponents. Stochastic terrorism could serve as a magic term for summoning the power of the state. The line of argument is simple if we're going to combat this. Speech is not violence. Statistical abstraction is not a substitute for evidence. And free association fantasies cannot determine guilt. The politics of fighting back are more complex. It's going to require dislodging a network of professionals who see the concept of stochastic terrorism as a path to power. Therein lies the rub. I'll go over here to Ed. Hello, Ed. Welcome to the program. Yeah, I was just going to mention, uh, you were talking earlier about the computer from Biden's son. Yeah. From uh, from the FBI got it, I think, what, uh, December of 19. Yes, sir. And the next thing you hear from them is October of 20. And when they talk about may have been hacked and stuff, they they know, if you'll go back and look at what's been released, it really, really incriminates them because... They clearly knew they had it, so right. they knew it had not been hacked. Right. They and then, and, and, but, and then went so far... The second point I'll point out is this, and I'll, I'll leave, but is that all these people, when you go and a company can turn down, they have the right on that law 630 or 230. They have some rights to... But when the FBI shows up and says, do not uh, let stuff out about Biden's computer, when the government got involved, that creates an illegality from two top lawyers I've heard. Now everybody that's been, uh, all these people can now be sued. Well, the FBI did not tell, there's no, Ed, there's no. allowed in court, which earlier we knew they were doing this, but now we got the hard facts. No, well, the, there's no evidence that the FBI directed any of the social media. Well, there pl- is. There's testimony from the head of Twitter, I mean, Facebook, where he said they came to him before Congress. He said that. That's uh, part of what's out now. Okay, he said that on Joe Rogan's podcast. He said no, that the no, FBI... He said it in Congress. Being, uh, he said it to congressmen. He did not say that they... I co- saw him say it. I saw the video of it. That he told that the FBI came and said, take it down. The, the FBI showed up and asked him that they want him to look out for Russian... Uh, disinformation. And, yeah, dis- and, and uh, basically he... he Don't basically uh, it. He said they came to him. I'm just telling you from these... Uh, I know you are. That's why I'm asking you these questions. ...lawyers in this area that... Right. We're talking... picked Ed. up a lot of what's been read all weekend. They've Ed. been pouring through it, and they, they know... Ed. Yeah. All right. You and I agree that the FBI went to all of the social media platforms and told them, be on the lookout for the Hunter Biden laptop story. Right. We agree with we agree. They all Zuckerberg said that. I I know. Ed, Ed. Oh, for the love of me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. I'm going to put you on hold, Ed, because I'm out of time and I got to get through this. We agree that the FBI went to and other agencies went to the social media companies and said, be on the lookout for this stuff. And they knew what was coming because they had the laptop. We agree. But the FBI, as I have not seen anywhere in any of the information, in any of my coverage of it for the last now two years, I haven't seen anything that said any agency directed the social media companies to take stuff down. I haven't seen any evidence of that. Now, maybe it existed. Maybe there was testimony and I missed it. That's possible. But I haven't seen anything that shows that to be the case. They did. But, but that's the thing. They don't need to direct them to do it. 
all they do is say, hey, Russia disinformation, be on the lookout for this thing that we totally know is coming. And then it arrives and you can trust them to just, oh, this is the hack that they were telling us about. Boom. Here it is. And so they are they take their own actions. I think they're going to be insulated from any kind of legal repercussions. But what do I know? I'm not a lawyer. I appreciate the call, Ed. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, so part of the problem with uh, all of this amplification of leftist narrative crafting uh, by uh, corporate media folks is uh, that nobody trusts them anymore. And uh, there's a there's a poll that came out on this very thing. And the larger problem, this is a strife over at uh, Red State. The problem for the media is that it's caught it's in its own trap or caught in a trap of its own making. Here's how it it caters to an audience that is very much like itself, that it has the same prejudices, it has the same biases. It isn't covering the Hunter Biden laptop story because the people who read those legacy media publications and such, they don't want to read about the corruption of Joe Biden and his influence peddling criminal clan. Right. And that includes reporters and editors in the media. They don't want to read about it either. The media is not trusted because it dislikes most of America. It has contempt for most of America. And it lies relentlessly to reinforce the alternative reality, quote-unquote, of its most ardent readers, which are the profoundly stupid people. But whatever. Mainstream media has now reached the point that aviators refer to as being, quote, out of altitude, out of airspeed, and out of ideas. When you reach the point where only about one in ten Americans trust you, you have a problem. You can't change your way of coverage to create a larger audience because your core customers will revolt and leave long before you see the market growth necessary to survive. Your only option is to double down on the extremism to keep the audience that you do have. I mentioned earlier censorship by surrogate. Right? This is what this is what we saw in the laptop story, we're starting to see it with the drag queen story hour. We see it with the uh, the protests against uh, uh, critical race theory in the schools. Here's another one. This from the New York Post. A former New York Times reporter claims that that newspaper held her story about the ravaging effects of the Kenosha riots on impoverished neighborhoods until after the 2020 elections. Nellie Bowles went to the Wisconsin city of Kenosha to report on the racial justice riots in the wake of the police shooting of Jacob Blake in August of 2020, according to a Thursday post on uh, the Substack channel called Common Sense. This is the one that's created by Barry Weiss. She's a former New York Times uh, columnist and I think editor even. Protests, riots, and civil unrest engulfed the city for days, and the events were the backdrop of then 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse's fatal shooting of two people, okay? The Kenosha riots. So this New York Times reporter is sent up there on a mission to report on the, quote, mainstream liberal argument 
that vandalizing buildings for racial justice was not detrimental because businesses had insurance. Do you remember that? I remember that argument. Well, the reporter goes up there and you know what she finds? That turns out not to be the case. (laughs) That is not true. The part of Kenosha that people burned in the riots, it was the poor. It was the multiracial commercial district. It was full of small, underinsured cell phone shops and car lots. She said it was very sad to see and to hear from people who had suffered. So she writes her story. She files it. And crickets. The editors told her at the New York Times, they told her that her story is not going to run until after the election. Why? Well, their explanation was space, timing, and tweaks. So space limitation. So we just don't have the room. We just don't have enough column inches available to tell the story of all of the suffering of the people in the race riots. <laughs> right? uh, that's journalism, uh, journalism right there. Space and timing. Eh, timing. It's just, it's just, it's not, it's not you, it's me. That's the, that's what timing means. Eh, I'm not really sure the timing of this works. It's, if it's, if it's a good story, it's well reported. It's the, it, the time for it is now. It's really no timing issue. And tweaks, not so sure what that is, but you as editors, that's your job to make the tweaks. Uh, and so why don't you go ahead and make those tweaks so you can run it? But it didn't happen. They did eventually run it after the election. And I'm su- I, right, and I am supposed to believe that uh, that there's no coordination occurring on any of this. Now, to caller Ed's point, I do have this story from Fox News. It was from last month. A federal judge ruled in favor of deposing an FBI agent accused of colluding with social media companies to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. Judge Terry Doughty of the Western District of Louisiana ruled that FBI Assistant Special Agent in Charge Elvis Chan uh uh must be deposed under oath for his alleged involvement in coordinating with Meta to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. Chan had authority over cybersecurity issues for the FBI in the San Francisco, California region, which includes the headquarters of the major social media platforms, and played a critical role for the FBI in coordinating with social media platforms related to censorship. Even if Chan played no role in the Hunter Biden laptop communication issue, he may have knowledge of who did, and his deposition is nonetheless warranted. The decision relates to a lawsuit filed in May against the Biden administration. In that suit, Republican Attorneys General Eric Schmidt of Missouri and Jeff Landry of Louisiana accused top-ranking government officials of working with the giant social media companies, Meta, Twitter, and YouTube, under the guise of combating misinformation in order to achieve greater censorship. There are 46 defendants in the suit. So Ed might very well be correct, but it hasn't been borne out yet in any kind of courtroom. But we may get some evidence that it did happen with these depositions. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.